Kebeza Shem is Borch, the starting Perik Almonel Kain Gogol, Daf Samach Bov, Omen Aleph, beginning of the Perik. And Perik Almonel Kain Gogol, we're going to be discussing today's Daf, we'll call upon him. We're going to be discussing in Yonam that has to do with two topics. We're going to be discussing, which is the title of Almonel Kain Gogol, we're going to be discussing a Kain's ability to be Michael, Chuma to others. And we'll see that really the fact that it's Almonah to Kain Gadol was nothing special. It could be Kain Hejit to Chalutza. And really the Iker things we're going to be talking about is more general. So we know that there's a Klau, that a Kain is able to give to Yilid Beisoy, Kinyan Kaspoy, anything he buys, he's allowed to give Truma to. That means he buys an Eved, gets Truma. And we also learn out from a Pasik that his wife is allowed to eat Truma, even if she is a Bas Yisrael. And not only is she allowed to eat Truma, but we'll see, Be'ez Hashem, that if she has an Eved that belongs to her, because she can eat Shuma, her Eved can also eat Shuma. So that's also going to be something we're going to see, Be'ez Hashem, that there's a second wave, a second level. So Lamashal of a Kain would buy an Eved, and that Eved owned an Eved, which sounds a little bit unusual until you look through Tanakh and see this is not such an unusual thing. Avadim who owned Avadim. But I'll call upon him, an Eved of a Kain owns an Eved, so the ability to eat Shuma passes down a second level. That Eved's, Eved also eats Shuma. So we have the ability of a Kayin to give any member of his household is allowed to eat Shuma. And if his wife is a Bas Yisrael and he dies, so then the halacha is that as long as there's living descendants from the Kayin, she is allowed to still eat Shuma. So we'll see a little bit of a discussion about that. So that's one of the topics we're going to be discussing, obviously what we're starting off with. Now, the subtopic that this whole daf really revolves around is the nechassim that a lady brings into a marriage. Who owns those nechassim? So we know there's two different ways of setting up the... To make, there's two different deals that you can make when a lady brings nechassim into a marriage. Either it can be brought in as nechseh melug. Nechseh melug belongs to the lady. And she has, if it goes up in value, down in value, it's hers. And essentially, it is hers the entire time. The only schus the husband has is he has a Kenyan payers. He's allowed to get any revochen that come in from this, from this asset over the course of the marriage. He's entitled to the field, and it gives forth payers, so he gets to eat the payers. It would be a piece of real estate, and it'd be, there would be income from the properties, there would be rental income. Whatever it is, that would go to the husband. But the actual underlying asset belongs to the wife, and if the asset shoots up in value, that's her gain. If it drops in value, or if it totally disappears, if it would be an animal that would die, so she takes the entire loss. So that is Nichsei Muluk. Then there's another concept, Nichsei Tzayin Basel, literally means iron sheep, which means that the asset is locked and fixed in value at the time of the marriage, and you make a deal that, okay, we can assess whatever she brings into the marriage. She's bringing in $50,000 worth, worth of assets. Now the husband has 100% full control over those assets. If they go up in value, it's his gain. If they go down in value, it's his loss. And if the marriage dissolves either with a divorce or if he dies before her, so then she has a right to take back those $50,000 that she originally put in. Now, when you do the arrangement in a oifen of the same barzel, so... It's kemat like the husband owns the whole thing. It's pretty much like a halva that there's a loan to the husband and he has to pay back that loan if he dies for first or if he divorces her. 
Ad kedekach, the halacha is in Hochus Ribis that you're not allowed to make a deal, type of arrangement with another Jew. So I can't give you, I have an asset, and I'm saying, listen, this asset is worth X amount of dollars, and that means I'm going to give you the asset you control it, and you'll give it back to me in five years, and you'll give me, you know, you'll give me every year, you'll give me a little percentage, but you have to guarantee me that I get back this asset at exactly the price I gave it to you. That's also to do because it's mamash ribis because there's now it might be only tzadach of ribis depending on the, the the agreement, but there's no possibility of loss for the for the investor in that case or for the isha in this case. So in a regular situation, it's ribis. It's motor by isha. Now, what we're going to be discussing is is the husband fully in control? It's his. He owns it, or he just has. Full control and full achrayis, but the lady still has some sort of reserve level of violence. So these are going to be topics that going to come up, and this is what the blot is going to revolve around until the next mission, which is the top of Daf Samazayim, which is the Shemul Chayyim after today. We're so discuss like, why why it's not ribis by a lady. By we're not even going to go into the ribis issue. It only comes up there. Agav, it's really talking more about Metzia in Eizuneshach. The Gemara over here, Agav mentions a case where not a husband and wife do it. And the more and the Taisus asks, well, it's not ribbis, we're not gonna be discussing the ribbis aspect at all. So Zakdimishan, Almana the Kain Gadl, Grusha the Khalutza the Kain Hajit. And Almana marries a Kain Gadl, or a Grusha and Khalutza marry a Kain Hajit. In both cases, this obviously is a marriage which is also Minhatayra. And Lamaisa, we paskin like not like Rabbi Kib, we paskin that Huve Lavin, the Kedushin is Taifus, so they are married. So all the halachas of marriage do apply. And she brought into the marriage an Eved that's Nifse Milug. So the arrangement this Eved is that she retains ownership in the Eved, but Avada, the, all the prophets of, you know, for now, the, the, the Skus Paris, the husband gets to put him to work, but she retains ownership over this Eved. So she brought in Avde Milug, the Avde Tzayim Barzal, and she also brought in, or a different case, where she has Avodim, which we just assessed their market value, how much is a slave work for right now, and that's written into the Ksuba that the husband owes the wife X amount of dollars. So what's the halacha? Avde Milug lo yoichel v'chuma. The Avde Milug, which remain primarily hers. He just has a skus peris. He has a right to use them, but they still are fully in her control. So they cannot eat Shuma, because... Now, normally, Avde Milug of an Isha would be allowed to eat Shuma, but in this case, since this is a marriage, which is also Minatayr, and she became a Chalala all day the marriage, and she cannot eat Shuma because she's a Chalala, so since she can't eat Shuma, her Evid can't eat Shuma. Why is it necessarily so? Just because she's a Chalala, the Evid's not a Chalala, so the Gemara is going to discuss why is it that the Evid can't eat Shuma. At first glance, think, of course, she's a Chalala. But on second glance, you know, she is in the marriage, and normally her Evid would be allowed to eat Shuma. Why in this case is it different? Fine. Same Barzil, but if the Evid, the arrangement is the Evid's the same Barzil, that means it's full Achrayis on the husband, then Yechul, the husband, is allowed to feed this Evid Shuma. The Eluhein Avde Milug, what's the definition of Avde Milug? So in Mesu, Mesu law, in Mesiri, Siri law, if they die, so she takes the loss. If they go up in value, she gets the gain. Even though he's obligated to feed them in exchange for the fact that he's getting all the, you know, he has to pay to feed them for upkeep if he's getting the benefits, the payers. Still, they cannot eat shuma because they're primarily in her rishos. What's the definition of He takes the loss, he takes the gain. Since he's 
100% chayiv and achrayis. Harei elu yoichlu b'tshum, these avodim are allowed to eat shum. Bas Yisrael, shenisis l'koyen. Now, until now we're discussing a case where the marriage is b'isr, and that's why we have this unique halacha, that the avde melug cannot eat shum. However, a regular case of a Bas Yisrael, shenisis l'koyen, who marries a koyen, v'chnis l'avodim, b'in avde melug, b'in avde tzim b'azal, whether it's an avde melug agreement, or it's an avde tzim b'azal agreement, in either case, they're allowed to eat truma because they are now the avodim, either of the koyin, if you consider if it's avde same barzal, in which case, of course, they could eat, or even if it's the avodim of the isha, and the isha could eat truma, they could also eat truma. Ubas koyin shenisus liyisrael, a bas koyin that marries Yisrael, vichnisa loy avodim, and she brings avodim into the marriage. Now, it's interesting. In this situation, right? Let's say she, her father died before she got married. So all her slaves are eating truma. She's a kayana, she's a baskoy, and she's eating truma, and Avodim eating truma. And then what happens? She marries Yisrael, so not only does she stop eating truma, the Avodim also stop eating truma. These can no longer eat truma. Fine. So Adkan, the Mishnah, Zakti Gemara, what's the Havana of this halach? So why can't the Avde Milug eat Truma? Lahave It should be like any other case where the Eved of a Koyin buys something or the Isha of a Koyin buys something, that because she's eating Machmas Koyin, she can pass on the ability to eat Truma to a second level. The Tanya, we have a price that says, Befeir, Shminayim, the coin, Shinos, Isha, a coin gets married. The coin avodim, or he bought avodim. She yoichlu betshuma, that they themselves eat shuma, Shinemar, the coin, Kikin, Nefesh, Kinyin, Kaspe, who yoichlu boy. Says Befeir, Shinapasik, his Kinyin, Kesef, his wife is also his Kinyin, Kesef, is who yoichlu boy. Uminayim, the Isha, Shekonsa avodim. What if the lady bought avodim? So they're not Kinyin, Kaspe, of the husband of the coin, or of avodim, Shekon, avodim, even the Evan that bought avodim. Now Rashi asked the obvious question. Time of Mashkana ever come to Rabbi? Will my Yitzchak Kroll or Abuye Mishkach? It's like going to Nosn Loy LeEved Mona Al Menas Shein LeRabbi Rishuspa. There is a concept someone can give an Eved money Al Menas Shein LeRabbi Rishuspa that this money the the person who gives it to him gives it on condition that it doesn't have any that the Adam doesn't own and then the Eved could buy a Adam. Avodah Shikano Avodah Sheyechul B'Truma. So how do I know that in that case? The second level could also eat truma. Shenemar v'koyin kiyikna nefesh kinyan kaspe hu yoichel boy midarshin kinyoni shikona kinyan oichel. So lachayra, what's going on over here? I understand that the ish is a chalala, but lamaisa she is the kinyan kaspe of a koyin, and her kinyan kaspe the eved is not a chal. Why can't the eved eat truma? So like the more no, this halacha that. The Kenyan Kaspe of a Koyin can pass down the ability to eat Truma to his Kenyan Kaspe. It's not by everybody. No. If the person themselves eats Betruma, all your day, the fact that they're Kenyan Kaspe of a Koyin, so they could be Machel to Acher. But someone who they themselves cannot eat Truma because, in this case, she's a Chalala, they can't pass on the ability to eat Truma. So like anymore, is that really true? It's not true. The loy vare oral v'cholat meim shein oichlim. A koyin who's an oral, which would mean Rashi always makes sure to point this out. Um, over here he doesn't. But b'derekhal Rashi always points out he's not a rashi. He's machmas mila. But I'll call upon him an oral v'cholat meim shein oichlim. They themselves obviously can't eat truma. Talmi can't eat an oral. Can't eat truma. 
Umachilin, an Afal Pikain, a oral coin, his avodim allowed to eat. So what type of connection is that? Hosam Pumayu Kovlu. Over there, it's a marshal, meaning there's something that's stopping them from eating truma. The, the, the tome just has to become tor, but essentially he has it within him to eat truma. Once she's a halol, she's a halol oilam. So, really, someone who's nisal oilam from eating truma cannot be Michael, someone else truma? I'll prove to you it's not true. A mamzer cannot themselves eat truma. But a mamzer could, because of a mamzer, someone else could eat truma. That's interesting. This Kamara's case is not a direct sushtel to what we're talking about now, but what's the case? The case is a koyin married to Bas Yisrael. Now, Allah, as long as there's surviving offspring, even when her husband dies, she could eat truma. Lamaisa, what happened is her husband died, and she had a daughter, and that daughter also died. But that daughter decided to marry a mamzer, so she has a grandson, a little mamzerl. This little mamzerl, even though he's not a koyin, he's a Yisrael, and he's a mamzer, but because of him, his grandmother can still eat truma. So you see that even someone who they themselves cannot eat truma can have the ability to michael someone else. So it's like the Gemara, you're right. But that a koyin should have a daughter that's going to marry Mamzer? That her husband died and the daughter died. Oh, you know, okay. As cases go on, how far-fetched she is, you know, she had one daughter, and the daughter, yeah. obviously, you know, something's wrong, she decided to marry the mamzer, and uh, now Nebuch, this lady, she's an almana, raising her little mamzer all at home, so at least she gets to eat shuma, that's in the chama. Zayis chamasi, she gets to eat shuma. Omer Avina, kinyin oichel ka'omar. So Zayis Vina, yeah, you're right. It's technically possible to be someone who cannot eat shuma and cause someone else to eat shuma, but when your whole relationship is the relationship of Kenyan. Over there, he's a grandson, so it just means it's still Zerah the Koyin. But over here, we're trying to look for a case where my ability is to eat because I'm only a Kenyan Kaspi of the Koyin, and then I want to pass that on. In that case, so then the intermediary step is working through the mechanics of Kenyan Kaspi and for the next generation Kenyan Kaspi. So if the first one can't eat, the one who's directly the Kenyan Kaspi of the Koyin can't pass it on. Kenyan Kaspikam, Kenyan Eichel Michael, a Kenyan that's able they themselves to eat can feed others. But Shaina Eichel, if the person who's a Kenyan Kaspik, the Kenyan doesn't have the ability to eat Shuma, so they, they have no Shaykh eating Shuma, their Kenyan Kaspik definitely can't eat Shuma. Shaina Eichel, Eine Michael. Virava Omar, Rava says, no, Midaraisa Michel Ochm. No, Midaraisa Miker Adin, the Evid Taka can eat, even the Evid Avde Miluk. And even though he's really the Isha's, Lamaisa, his, his, his Odin, the wife, is the wife of a Kayin, and he, he could eat Shuma. It's only the Rabbanan can't eat Shuma. Why? The Rabbanan, who the Gazibu, who Kadesh Toimer, Ani, Eini Echeles, Avdi, Einen Eichlin, Zoyne, he They want the lady to feel like a real uh, outcast. She should feel like a Zoyne, that she can't eat Shuma, even her Eve can't eat Shuma. Hilkach, Asila, we, we want that the Kayin and her should feel that this is something wrong with this marriage and you should get rid of her. Because that's the goal. Because every time they live together, so he's being Ivernis of their Isa of Almona Grushal Eikachu. So this is a very serious issue. Rav Ashi Omar, I know there's a different reason for the Xayder one. Xayder Shemateichel Achar Misa. Maybe when her husband dies, she's going to continue feeding this Eved Shuma. If that's the concern, that an almana shouldn't be able to give, that a lady should not be able to give 
her avodim, her avdei melug, because maybe when her husband dies, she'll continue giving them chuma. What does this have to do with the fact that she's a possible kuhuna? Even if she'd be kashal kuhuna, even if she'd be a wonderful besul me'am of hikachisha, still when her husband dies, she's not allowed to give the eved, so why aren't we chayshish that? El me'at, the basisol, every basisol, she shouldn't be allowed to give her avodim di chuma, because because maybe after Misas Habal, she'll still give them Tichum. So it's like, Nimar El Amar of Ashi, Ba'omona Kehenes, the Asil Rurie Mi'ikara. Well, the Asil Rurie. We're talking about Almona Kehenes, that she's going to make her own psak. What's she going to say? She's going to say, eh, Mi'ikara Achli. Originally, before I got married, I was eating Shuma. Achli B'Shuma Dei Nasha. I was eating Shuma from my father's house. Intsavislei Lahayach. Achli B'Shuma. I got married. I'm still feeding him Shuma. The Gavroi. Vahashta Hajuli L'Milsa Kamaisa. Now that I, he died, I'm going back to the original state. My Evid was always eating Shuma. My whole life, my Evid was eating Shuma. Why should anything change? Because this guy died. I was used to feeding Shuma. Still feeding him Shuma. Vuloyoda, she's not going to know the mikorulishav is not shechalola. Originally, she was not a chalola, so she could eat chuma, and therefore, ever could eat chuma. Hashta, but now shav is not shechalola. She herself is chalola. So, from the fact that she's a baska and she lost her ability to be meichel b'chuma, and from her husband, her husband's not here anymore. So that's why we have to be concerned, and that's why Chazal said that the Almona who married the kohen gadol, the grush who married the kohen hedjit, is not allowed to give their avde melug chuma. Now, zaki martenich almona. Kehenes, fine. If that's the Siba, so if Almona is a Bas Kayin, then this Svar we just said makes sense. But Almona, Bas Yisrael, my Ikela if she is a Yisraelis, so there's no Chash. She, was she going to get mixed up? Before she got married, she couldn't eat Truma. She knows that she can only feed her Evet Truma because she married a Kayin. The minute her husband dies, she's going to stop giving her Evet Truma. So what's the problem? So it's like the Gemara. Almanusa, a polygraph on. No, because we made a light plug all Almana. Since Almana, who's a Baskayin, will have this shash, so they said all Almanas are not allowed to feed their Abde Milug. True. Itmar Hamachnesses Shum Labaila. If a lady brought in, Shum means that it's a property that was evaluated before it came into the marriage, which means Nitzay Tsayim Basel. They, you know, she put into the tru- into the ksuba, she brought an X amount of value. He oimeres klian, you may tell us. So she brought in, she's a rebbe she'aynikel, she brought in the rabshitzes, tabak pishka, and now they're getting divorced, and she says, I want it back. I'll pay for it, gladly pay for it. We, 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 we assessed its value, we got married at $10,000. I want the tabak pushka, you can have $10,000. So I didn't meet. Who is right? Is he right? Because since he took full achrayis, basically he owns it. He just owes her the money to chayiv. Or is she right? Because it was originally hers. So Yehuda Omar Hadin Imo. Yehuda says she's right. Rav Ami Omar Hadin Imo. Rav Ami says he's right. What's the nukudas amachlekes? Rav Yehuda Omar Hadin Imo. Rav Yehuda says she's right. Mishum shvach base avia dido have. So. He says that because we want her to be able to come into her second marriage, she's going to get married again, and we want that she should be able to bring something into the marriage from her father's house. She wants She wants something that she could point to. This comes from, the, from my father's house. It's a chashivas for her. So Mamela, we allow her to keep it. Why can't we just say that it was her, she brought it in? Yeah, but he basically, by making it a chayv on himself, he basically bought it from her. 
because he said, you know, if you take full of rice, if it would have been burnt up, you would owe the same money. So basically, he took it and just owes her the money. Even though, I, yeah, but the item is still here. Right, but Afo Piquet, the fact that I took full of rice basically means that by taking full of rice, even if it goes up in value or goes down value, I sell you the same amount, means essentially it's mine, I just owe you a chayv of the money. So, Afo Piquet was saying, Shrach Beisavia is a cheshbin that she gets to keep it. I'm sorry. Uh, he says, listen, at the end of the day, he has full cries. If it dies, he takes the full loss. If it goes up in value, it's his. If, uh, um, if it goes up in value, it's his. I'm sorry. He says that since we have this halach, that that they're allowed to eat shuma when she marries a koyin because they considered the koyin's eved. So you see, mamish belongs to the koyin. So just like mamish belongs to the koyin to the extent he could feed them shuma, so over here also it belongs to him and he could keep it. Why is this not similar to a shemer? Shemer never has a chayis; so it goes up and down value. I give you something to watch, and, and, and I give you uh, my uh, my Bitcoin to watch, and it goes uh, crashes by ten thousand dollars in five minutes. I'm not gonna, I can't charge you for that. Even a, even a shoyel doesn't have to pay for yukra vizula, right? Right. So he's taking that. Even a shoyel has to pay for einsim, right? But this is like by locking in the monetary value. Essentially, you're saying it's mine. So it's not something that that would that would have any sort of value outside of that. Meaning, it would only actually be the monetary value. What do you mean? Sentimental value? Yeah. We don't usually find anywhere that sentimental value is worth very much in, uh, in halacha. Uh-huh. Best we find is the Gemara talks about kitchen for use, so they have it's an animal that you're very that used to working with. Right. But that's not sentimental. That's a practical value. Right. Sentimental value, we don't find too many places where it's really. Uh, I don't know if it's sentimental value or if it's like. I mean, there is a tremendous monetary value, but you right. know, if the mishpacha says it's worth to us even more than the than the million dollars you get on the open market, that that part I don't know if Allah recognizes. Uh, but I'll call upon him. So this was Rabbi Ami's time. Since you're taking full monetary price, it's yours. Amr of Safra. He's bringing a eye from the mission because it says that that that, that he's. So much the bailam on these avodim that even though he married Almana, he he can feed them truma. So Amr of Safra, me ketani vehein shaloi. So Safra says it doesn't say in the Mishnah that they're kids. It just says hoyl v'chayv echurusin ketani. It says that since he's chayv and achrayis, maybe v'loyulam lavdi deinu. Maybe they don't belong to him. Cholheicha v'chayv echurusin achli v'truma. I'm sorry, that's really more asking a kasha. Before that. Maybe it's not his, he just, he's so we don't have a rai either way yet. Rami holds that they're his, why? Because he's as full of rais. And Rehuda holds as a new svar, it's mustaber that the deal was, the Chacham said she gets to keep it because she wants to bring something with her from, from her father's house. Now, the Gemara asks, you're going to tell me you're trying to tell me that the Mishnah is not a raya because maybe in the Mishnah she can he the avodim eat truma because of the achrayis, but it doesn't mean it actually belongs to the husband. Is that true that whenever you're chayiv and achrayis, you can feed whatever you're chayiv and achrayis to truma? 
But nan Yisrael shesach a par mikoyin. Yisrael rents a cow from a koyin. Harezei echlin a kashin truma. He can feed a truma because this uh, cow is still the cow of a koyin. And koyin shesach a par. A koyin rents a cow. Yisrael. Afal pishim is a nice sell. Oh, even the koyin is obligated to feed the cow. And the koyin had to sign all sorts of uh, of 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 achrayis. He's, he's a soicher. He has to pay gneva aveda. So afal pikein, even though he has achrayis, echlin a kashin truma. So you see that having a chreis is not sufficient to allow the thing you have a chreis for to eat truma, in which case in our Mishnah, if he can give the avodim to eat truma, it means that they actually belong to him, it's not enough a chreis. So really what you were asking before, and the Gemara says the Teretz, no, but Tizrin, he named him b'gnei you're right, a soicher, a renter's chayiv to a certain extent, but that's not, that's not the chreis we're talking about over here, because ba'ain tzeh, b'kchasha, u'b'nafchasa, in Einsim, or if it gets weaker, or if the value goes up, all these things, a seicher has no shaykhs to. Holy Domia, I will say, an other of you can bring a raya from that price, at the end of that price is a raya to me. Because no, at the end of the price is a raya that a chrais is enough to allow the thing the coin has a chrais for to eat truma. When it's real, real a chrais, like we're talking about now, full fledged a chrais. Because instead of the Yisrael, Shasom, Parami, Koyin, Yisrael made a deal, and Avni will deal with the coin. Nothing to do with marriage. They made such a deal that uh, I'm going to take a cow and I'll give you back, you know, real same barzels. It's an iron sheep. I'll give you back the value. I, what about ribbis? So Taisus has a whole mahalach, but I'll call upon him. <coughs> the halach is truma. So if the Yisrael takes full Christ, he can no longer feed a truma. If the coin took it from the Yisrael on those terms, where he has full Christ, even on Yukra Vazula, even on changes in value and getting bigger and smaller, and so on. You can feed a truma. So, other you see clearly that whenever you have full achrayis, you could feed a truma. So, we still don't have a psak din. We have this machloikis, Rabbi Ami, and Rabbi Yehuda, who gets to keep these items. Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, so sitting after Nachman Shir, and they were discussing the Shaila. We have a brisa like each one of these two stodim and the machlekes. Tiny kavasa of Ami. What's the raya like of Ami? It says Avdei Tzayin Barzel Yoitzin b'Shein ve'Ayin leish. That Avdei Tzayin Barzel, who, if you're mapple the Shein or Ayin of an Eved, they go lechit lecheres. So if this Eved is an Eved Tzayin Barzel, who is considered the owner? It's only the other, right? If, if, if some a regular person knocks out the eye of a of an Eved, you got to pay the master. The person doesn't go free. So who is considered the master to set the Eved free b'shein v'ayin? So it's if it's an Avdei Tzayin Barzel, so the husband is considered the Baal. So you see how the Avdei Tzayin Barzel mamish belongs to him. If it belongs to him, so then l'chayra. And to the extent it will go free, obviously the lady doesn't have a say in it. She doesn't own it. She just has a debt. And the Isha knocks out its eye, does not go free. We have a lady who brings in a some sort of assessed value item, same basil to the marriage. If he set up another piece of property or something else as a collection, as basically puts a lien on it in exchange for the Snichas and Basil. He's not allowed to sell it. And even if they, if they both sell it, so because they need parnasa, 
that uh, the Baal, the husband, still has a schus to it. So you see that, that even though you know he can't sell it, she can't sell it, but I'll call part of the point is she, he, Zichr, can't sell it. He's not a full-fledged owner. So we have a raya. This is Mamash like Rabbi Huda that he doesn't have 100% full ownership. What's the psak din? Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda that she could demand the actual item back. Didn't we have a brice like Ravami? So really, we had a brice either way, but okay. It doesn't matter. We had a brice like Ravami. Yehuda makes a lot of sense. And this taina doesn't really relate to whether or not the full ownership was him or her. And the day we're saying it's one, she gets to take it back, or we can assume that was the original arrangement that he get she gets it back because she needs it going into the next marriage. She needs to have something coming from her father's house. Now the Gemara asks a very interesting version of this shayla. Hai it's the Ayli Lagavra it's the Milas Oh no, before that we get to a different interesting case. This is uh, preparation for tonight. Hai um Hahi itza, the Ailei Legavr itza the Milas. She brought into the marriage a nice wool talus, Bixuvasa. Shachid, and then her husband died. Shaklua Yasmis, the same took it, a Pesua, a Misna, and they spread it over the dead body. They decided it should become the Tachrichim. She's yelling and screaming, I want my talus back, excuse me. And we know that anything that goes onto a mace is also Bahana. So the question is, who owns it? If the Yusayman owned it, so then, in a Hanami, they can ask her it, but if she owned it, so then, ain't all them oysters of Shinshaloi, right? If, if you will take tonight your, your talus and use it for Tachrichim, it doesn't become Ozzet. What? What do you mean? You look for old Talasin? Okay, so if you take someone's talus by mistake without permission, it, the person could dig it up and, and use it, it will not become the Esa. Oh, so Shokli asked me in Parsua Misna. So Rava says that the mace was... It's a shame, I threw out two of them. I didn't know there was any use for them. The mace is koina, meaning it's asabana. So what do you see from over there? That Rava holds that, like of Ami, that it's full-fledged in the bailus of the husband. How could that be? Didn't Rava say we passing like a Yehuda? She could demand back her nifsei midrug. So Amalei, what type of question is that? Yehuda holds she has a schus to ask her back, but currently it's still in the rishos of the yisaim. It's by them right now. They have bias over it, and Rava And even though she has a shibud, a right to take it. But Rava's sheet is the Amar Rava hektish chometz v'shicher mafkibadei shibit. There are certain things that can get rid of a lien. So she has a very strong lien over here. But just like if you're makdish something, someone else has a lien on, or you're mishacher and evet that there's a lien on, or something becomes chometz and it's isuri hana, the lien disappears. So over here also by making it isuri hana, so she had a very strong schos and she should could have if she would have gone to Bez and Bez would have given it to her. But now it's too late. Omer Rabbi Huda. Now we get to the very unusual case. Hechnisaloi, unusual but interesting case. Hechnisaloi shtei kalim ve'elazuz. She brought in two kalim at a thousand zuz together. 
Vishovchu v'amdu al shneilafim, and uh, the Judaic market went up, and now they're worth two thousand dollars together. I mean, they went each and now is worth a thousand. So not she can now take. Sorry, echod. So one of them, she's owed a thousand dollars. She take one of them for sure. That's the schos we pass them. She can demand the item itself. The other one, even though her entire schos here was one thousand dollars, and she used up her whole schos by taking one of them, she could demand. She has to pay for it, but she has a right to demand the other one also. Why? She wants to be able to bring the things she brought into marriage. She needs those things. So it's like Always she doesn't really own them anymore and she has the schus to demand it back as, as payment of the loan. So over here also she could demand it back. What's the difference? So Omar that's only if she's trying to collect that debt created by this she could demand the item itself but she still wants to take it and then pay out of her pocket maybe she has no such schos that she is able to do that she has such a schos